I'm Katie Atwell, co-host of the Edugals podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful, wonderful Monday. Hopefully you have had a great start to your week. And wherever you are in the world, hopefully you're joining us, whether it's already well into Tuesday or maybe well into your evening. Thank you, as always, for making my ad tech life what it is today. We appreciate all the likes, the shares, the follows. Thank you so much for all the reviews and the comments. We really appreciate you. As you know, our mission is to have some amazing guests, to have some amazing conversations, and just to always be aware of what's happening in the education landscape. And of course, connecting educators and creators one show at a time. And I am excited today to have our amazing guest here who is joining us. And we're going to be talking a little bit about, well, actually a lot about AI, as we know, you know, from December on, you know, that has really been what we are. A lot of people here in our education space are talking about. We know that those conversations are being had in districts and trying to see how this will all, um, I guess, uh, you know, go in this coming year as far as, you know, many school districts having either certain policies and things of that sort. But again, when, as long as those conversations are being had, that's a great thing. But today we're going to talk about just uh, an amazing story and mainly an amazing platform because I've been playing around with this platform and it has just blown my mind that if I was still in the classroom, this would be a game changer. So tonight, I would love to welcome Mr. Thomas Thompson to the show. Thomas, how are you this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Excellent. Well, I am thrilled that you are here. I know that we've connected on Twitter and I've seen you, you know, very active through the platform on Twitter. I know you've been on a couple of other podcasts, one with Amanda Fox recently, and she was a guest here on the show. And of course, we definitely talked about AI. So I'm just thankful that you are here also to be able to share your story with my audience too as well. And I'm just really excited about today. And uh, so for our audience members, Thomas, that are joining us today or are going to be catching this on the replay, if you can please give us a little brief introduction and what your context in education is. Of course. Yeah. In addition to working on EduAid, I am also a seventh grade social studies teacher in the Anne Arundel County Public Schools. This is my fifth year teaching public education, middle school. It's a great age. I absolutely love it. And um, my co-founder is a seventh grade science teacher. So we are deeply, deeply involved in the in middle school. And um, yeah, we're uh, just looking for ways to, well, to improve our practice. Excellent. Well, that's always what we're always, well, as educators, we're always looking to do that and improving our practice. And what I love is that from December on, we know the buzz has been all about AI and what it can do to help our educators and, you know, ourselves for, you know, save some time, uh, you know, productivity, help with the burnout, all of those things. And it just seems that everywhere that I turn, there are some educators that are using these tools in a, in a wonderful way. And they are getting very innovative and they're creating. And like I mentioned today, I was very excited in the last couple of days. I have been playing around with EduAid. And like I said, what I did say at the beginning, I totally mean it. I am very excited about this platform. And we will demo a little bit of this live as you kind of walk us through. So our audience members can go ahead and check this out too as well. Uh, but before we get into EduAid, and I, you know, I, I get real excited, but, you know, we know that every superhero has an origin story. And I tell all my guests that, you know, when you are a guest on, on our show, it's uh, somebody that has been doing some amazing stuff in the education space. And so I liken them to a superhero. So I just would love to just dive in a little bit deep into kind of that superhero origin story as far as your journey through the education space. And then of course the journey with you and how your co-founder 
came up with this idea. So I just want to start off first with this question. Thomas, was education something that you knew you wanted to go into right from the get-go? Or was this something that you kind of came into a little bit later, uh, you know, in your career? When I was a kid, I was pretty much dead set on wanting to be a lawyer of all things. I, I don't know why that was something I was passionate about. And that was until about 11th grade. Um, and then 11th grade, I was in my English class. There was a project where you got to teach the class full 42 minutes, had to make a lesson plan, um, direct instruction, a little collaboration between students. And from that moment on, I absolutely fell in love with it. I said, this is this is something special. Just the whole being in a room with a bunch of people and they're learning something new and they're getting excited about it and you're having these great conversations. And then my senior year, I was in a uh, class with my uh, world history teacher, uh, Mr. Clare, and he taught me everything I know about education. I got to shadow him, made a lot of copies, got to see all of his materials, got to steal all of his materials and take them with me. And from there on out, I was certain this is exactly where I was supposed to be. And um, I never looked back from there. That's great. That's so great to hear. And the only reason I ask that, Thomas, is because, you know, for as educators, you know, many of us come from different backgrounds. We have different perspectives. So, you know, it's just a way for us to get to know each other a little bit better. And a big shout out. Thank you so much to your amazing teacher that inspired you. And then, uh, you know, here you are today as, uh, you know, a great uh, social studies teacher, like we talked about in the middle school level. But not only that, but also one of the creators of EduAid. So, before um, we get into talking, like I said, we're going to share the platform, and I'm really hyped up about that. But if you can tell us uh, a little bit about that story, how uh, Eduate came about. Yeah. So, um, again, going back to my um, history teacher, he often said that education is the is the silver bullet, right? It's the greatest social mover that you can possibly think of, right? A kid comes into a room with maybe not a lot of outlooks on life, and then they learn something valuable that they can then take with them and, you know, shape the way they view the world, shape their perspective. And I graduated um, with my degree, secondary social studies, and I moved from Western Pennsylvania to Maryland, kind of just picked it up, wanted to strike it out on my own at a completely different place. And that landed me on the eastern shore of Maryland, on the other side of the Chesapeake Bay, in a school where we were bordered by cornfields on all sides. So a very rural district. And the guy in the room next to me, his name was also Thomas. And um, the first day I came in, he wasn't there. I came to like kind of tour the school before we started. And a couple of teachers mistook me for him and they said, Hey Thomas. And I said, Hey, and then they were like, Oh wait, we thought you were another Thomas. And I, <laughs> I was like, okay, I wonder what this guy looks like. Looked pretty much the same as me. Um, but I come to learn that he's also from Western Pennsylvania. Grew up about 15 minutes from where I grew up. We never knew each other back in Western PA, but met each other teaching uh, science and social studies room to room. So we shared many, many conversations, um, we made a we got on clubhouse together if you remember um, yeah. when that kind of was a flashpoint maybe two years ago and we had all these great conversations and discussions with people about you know where public education was headed and what we thought could what we could do to improve our craft and our practice and through those discussions i got really passionate about open educational resources you know free sharing between teachers unbarred by geographic limitations because i felt very kind of stifled in this rural district very under-resourced i'm like well where could i go for resources that aren't hidden behind paywalls and then i ended up forming a nonprofit that was all about um, open access to the auditory public domain, um, audiobooks, um, educational podcasts. And um, that was kind of what I was working on. That's what my master's degree was on. I'm writing my thesis on open educational resources. And then Thomas comes to me and says, hey, buddy, Tyler and I are working on a, uh, a little platform for AI-assisted lesson development. And then we start talking about, you know, what those are and I started thinking about generative educational resources, you know, resources that are made in part or in whole with autonomous systems. And then questions of ownership started coming up in my mind. I'm like, well, who owns these resources? And then I started to link that in my head with open educational resources. And I thought about all the possibilities for sharing between teachers. And then we just kind of dove down the rabbit hole from there and kind of put our heads down and developed 
what you see today, eduade.ai. That is amazing. That's such a great story too. You know, just finding a problem, creating a solution. And of course, really just looking at the technologies that are out there that are going to be used in the best way possible to serve our educators. And um, one thing I did want to highlight is I am completely with you on the open resources. And, you know, one, one thing that I loved, and I think that a lot of people discovered too, you know, or during lockdown, obviously, and then still seeing that connection, like you mentioned, yet you are not just, you know, confined to not only the four walls of your own brick and mortar building, but, you know, even just the boundaries of your own city, municipality or anything. And one of the things that I found was of great value was the global connections that were made and the resources and being able to see things and lessons through different perspectives and different lenses from different demographic, um, you know, uh, demographic areas than where I live and be able to provide those experiences to our students. And I think that that is something that is of great value that sometimes I feel might not be talked about as much because, uh, I don't know, maybe number one, teachers are, again, back into the brick and mortar and it's kind of go time. Things have kind of just gone back to the way they were. Um, But I know one of the things was also that I was doing research on during that time is uh, PD uh, through social media and Mm -hmm. through these open resources, as opposed to the regular sit and get PD that you would get in your uh, district or maybe in your municipality and things of that sort. So it was quite interesting to see the feedback and getting that during that time. So I absolutely love that. So I'm glad that you're working on that as, with your thesis. And then, of course, now you're we're talking about EduAid, which is, like I said, something that has been amazing. And before I bring it up to the screen and we talk a little bit more about it, just from my experience and giving you my feedback, like I mentioned earlier, something like this where it pretty much seems like a very one-stop shop where a teacher can go create lessons, you have different outlines, you've got productivity tools, you've got wellness tools, you've got IEP outlines, uh, accommodation lists. These are things and these are obviously words and vocabulary that us as educators know very well, especially if you've been in the business for a while. And once you get introduced to the business of of education and you get into the classroom, Mm -hmm. these uh, terminologies become very familiar. And then, of course, you get familiar with the work that goes behind it, too, as well. But what I love about this, like I mentioned, is I honestly, when I hopped on, number one, it was very intuitive which is something that's great as far as the tech piece. Number two, I can get to what I need in about three clicks or less, Mm -hmm. which is great. And I thank you for, for, uh, you know, making it that way, because I always tell my teachers or when I look at vendors, I say, Hey, if it's four or more, yeah, say no more. (laughs) And so that's what I tell them. Yeah. So we want to make sure that the teachers can access this in a, in a very quick way and so on. So what I'm going to do here, Thomas, is if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And then what I would love for you to do is just kind of guide us, uh, you know, as to what we see here. And as you do that, can you just give us a little bit too, as far as the thought process behind a lot of these tools, because you guys really hit the nail on the head as far as what you've included in here. So let me go ahead and uh, share my screen here, and we will make sure we get on here. There we go. And here we are. So this is EduAid. And this is the one thing, like I said, that I love that I mentioned that you have your all, you know, tab here where you can see everything that would be available, your professional duties, your productivity, and even wellness, SEL activities and and so on. So Let's uh, talk a little bit about here, the professional duties tab first. When you and your, your uh, co- or actually your co-founders uh, started working on this, what was the thought process? How did you guys um, come up and pinpoint these certain aspects to include into EduAid? So the first step was identifying all of the friction points that Thomas and I felt during planning. The greatest challenge was time, of course. Um, When I first started teaching, I taught 
two content areas at two different grades and only had one planning. So I had an hour to plan for two completely different subjects. Uh, well, U.S. history and geography at two different grade levels. And the first thing we wanted to do was make time a teacher's ally. We can't add more time to the workday, but we can certainly make better use of the time that we have. And um, our thought process was just iterate, iterate, iterate. Let's just put something up and then let's figure out where the friction points are on the app and then what we could do to kind of streamline that. So this workspace, the flow you're looking at now, uh, was not originally how it looked. Um, when you launched, it used to go straight to the content generator, which is the second tab. But then we thought, well, wait a minute, maybe not everyone is a science teacher with upper class students. So why don't we start at a broad base um, area, which is the teaching assistant, where you can then go into the things that all teachers need. We all will have to develop our lesson plans, unit plans, make announcements through our LMS, our learning management systems, send emails home, plan for substitutes, outline accommodations for our IEPs, and things of that nature. But we also didn't want this to be the kind of thing where we give teachers a finished product because while the while a large language model is great at pulling in a bunch of data and synthesizing it into a really um, cohesive and concise piece, it doesn't know your students and it doesn't know your classroom. And the teacher is the expert. The teacher can make the intuitive shifts that the um, AI can't. I watched a video this morning. It was um, teaching an AI model to walk in a simulated environment and it took it thousands and thousands and thousands of iterations at the times until it got it right. And um, the teacher can make the quick shift that the AI can't, right? It would have to learn your classroom over the course of years. And by that point, it's not really helpful. So we wanted a participatory technology, the one where a teacher has granular control. And that starts with the lesson seed. Not a lesson plan, but a lesson seed, right? An outline of possible strategies, of possible assignments and possible activities to inspire teachers and to give them something to work with. Um, kind of like a, you know, I keep using the analogy of a sculptor, right? It gives them the block of marble that they can then create the work with. So let's um, let's see what a lesson yeah. seed looks like. Yes, I'm going to show this here. And I thought that this was phenomenal. So going back to my former fifth grade days, I chose for a keyword or topic keywords, I chose water cycle here. So mm -hmm. I will go ahead and select this to get into my workspace. And in a matter of seconds, this is what I absolutely love, how it creates a lesson plan. It gives you, you know, lecture teaching style, class discussion, visual aids, cue sets, activities. And again, one of the things that I love about this is, Number one, it helps either a new teacher or even a veteran teacher not have to recreate the wheel. Mm -hmm. Gives them a nice foundation of where to start, but at the same time, too, knowing that this foundation, too, can go ahead and be reworked and in such a way that it'll fit into maybe that specific uh, Texas standard. In this case, I'm saying Texas just because I'm here in Texas. Yeah. So those specific standards. But again, you know, it is very robust in what it gives here. So tell us a little bit more about this process, this lesson seed that we just saw here. So what this really is, is we, um, when you interface with us, we have a very specific prompting system that then goes to um, OpenAI's GPT 3.5. And through much trial and error, we've kind of figured out a way to have it return reliable educational resources time after time, no matter the topic, no matter the keywords that we input. And again, that comes through the specification of the grade of the specific thing that we're looking for and of the range of activities. Now, we the, the toughest thing is aligning a large language model and artificial intelligence with effective instructional methods. And that I think is where our prompting system excels, that it provides the teacher with a variety of strategies that are aligned with proven educational methods. So for example, um, you know, on here, it looks like there's a 
direct instruction through the lecture style teaching and mm -hmm. specifically talks about a power presentation, a PowerPoint presentation or video to explain the water cycle, its various processes and how it affects the environment. So from here, a teacher can say, okay, I want to develop some sort of direct instruction piece about 10 minutes long. Well, you can go over to say productivity and you can pull out some great resources with links um, that you could then use in the classroom for um, teaching about the water cycle. It might be a video, it might be a graph, or it might be some sort of chart that you can then integrate into your lesson. So not only does it give you ideas, but it can also give you some uh, places where you can then go and find some materials to support that idea. So what we have here is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's water cycle um, page, something from NASA, right? Some proven sources that a teacher would feel comfortable using. Of course, I would always suggest to vet the sources, make sure the links are legit and things like that. Um, and then from there, a teacher might say, okay, I'm going to use X, Y, and Z from this lesson seed, go into my content generator, and then of course, start building the lesson around what was available and everything from the lesson seed carries over and you can title it save it reset the workspace and then make a new activity or you can build right into it so a big thing we wanted was our system to be modular in that everything is small enough that you can stack it but large enough to be meaningful Oh my goodness, absolutely. So this is the one thing that I love. And one thing that I did uh, make a mistake on here, I did want to share too. It's not just for grades 11 through 12, but I mean, you've got all grade levels here. And then of course you get into the middle school grades and uh, you know upper grades and so on. But I just forgot to click fifth grade for my fifth grade students there. But nice. I, you know what I loved here is like you mentioned, the, the modular aspect of it. I have not seen anything like this, Thomas. So number one, I really want to commend you and your co-founder for really taking your time. And like you mentioned, uh, discussing those pain points mm -hmm. and not only through your experience, but I'm sure you got uh, some great feedback from, you know, other educators as well. Oh, and yes. then uh, simply understanding the fact of, all right, let's create this lesson seed. And then from here, let's go ahead and go into uh, getting those links and, without you know oh my gosh i remember having to spend you know just hours creating a lesson and then mm -hmm. once you find those great videos and those great resources and then now you have a thousand tabs open and then so you lose those tabs and then it's like oh, i didn't save them and save those links but here you know the way that you the way that eduade really packages this and works from going from your assistant to your content generator is something that I absolutely love, and you really did take that into consideration for our educators and teachers that are going to be using this because what I love too is the layout, so easy to follow, easy to make any adjustments and adapt to anything, and then of course, you know, being able to present this to your students as well. And for myself, it's not only wonderful when the teacher has a great learning experience like this through your platform, learning something new, but then also when you present that learning experience to students, I feel that that is the greater goal. And mm -hmm. my thing about learning experiences for students is it should be something that is in a way becomes part of them that when they move from year to year, they can pull and draw from that. Mm -hmm. And that's the great part of it. And with this, you know, what you offer here can definitely help an, any educator be able to, uh, I guess, adjust or adapt to any type of classroom that they may have. So I think that's Certainly. something that's wonderful. I mean, right in the platform itself, you can highlight a text, right click, translate right in it. You can scale the Lexile level up and down to meet student reading levels. You can extract keywords from any kind of, say, a reading comprehension assignment. The idea was that I was always juggling, as you said, so many different tabs when I was um, doing any kind of lesson planning, right? I have my YouTube video I'm going to use and then the PowerPoint presentation. And then I go through and I have Google Translate open to meet the needs of my English language learners. And we wanted to have a platform where a teacher can do all of this in one place, but not feel as though they're restricted in what they could do. Have, again, granular control and total freedom in shaping the lesson as they see fit. Because again, while the 
large language model is great at, again, pulling in all of this information and all of this data. It doesn't know your classroom like you do. And that is why it is so crucial to have it almost as a co-pilot, right? Not leading the way the teacher is working in direct collaboration with the technology. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that because as you know, the big talk has, you know, from that moment on, you know, it's like, oh, here it is. This is the technology that is here to replace us educators. But you hit on so many great points that the technology will not be able to do, which is make those quick adjustments. The way I call it is the ability to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Exactly. You are the one that knows your students. You know exactly what they're going to need. So what I love, like you mentioned, this is my co-pilot here that if I need to address you know, maybe some accommodations or I need to change the level like I'm able to see here of something, I can totally do that on the spot within a couple of clicks rather than it, when I first started teaching, what I had to do is create one test, you know, for, you know, out with 10 or 20 problems. And then I'd have to recreate another test by hand and using a lot of whiteout and so on just to meet certain accommodations. And I, I'm aging myself there. That was back in 2005 when I first started teaching. And then now with something like this, this, this just makes that differentiation piece. Uh, the ability, again, like I mentioned, to adapt a lesson, um, you know, right on the spot and just gives that teacher that freedom but also, like you mentioned, they become that great facilitator where exactly. now it's the students are the ones that are taking that ownership of the learning. That's amazing. Certainly. <laughs> I mean, it's um, and I, I don't think you age yourself at all. My my mentor, again, Mr. Claire, he was incredibly old school. He said sometimes you got to feel it. Right. So he would always hand drawn graphic organizers and things like that. And that's how I came up. That's how I was teaching my first few years. Very low tech. I always said. I, I don't want to use frivolous technology. It needs to be deliberate. I need to have a very specific targeted technological intervention in my classroom. And um, what I like about EduAid just as a teacher, um, not speaking as the co-founder, is that it allows me to approach in a low-tech way. It doesn't it doesn't necessitate the use of a ton of technology where it isn't appropriate. And it makes those suggestions, right? You could use a PowerPoint here. You could use a video here, or you could, if you feel as though you have these skills, you can just engage in maybe teacher talk, direct instruction. And again, it addresses that every teacher has their own strong suit. You can't exactly say, you know, never use direct instruction, especially if you are a teacher who can excel at that and engage students in those in those conversations. And then it also does a great job of building in project-based learning components to where you can again have a more social classroom where students, you know, build knowledge together. So it does a nice job of integrating various learning theories into an instructional package and again giving teachers choices in what they want to integrate and what they don't. And then the community page, which will be coming soon, enables teachers to take those resources share them publicly, openly, and then you can freely revise, remix, redistribute, and um, take those resources and make them your own. So maybe someone took something from EduAid and you're like, oh, that was a really cool lesson that they made, but I need to make it fit my specific classroom context. Maybe I have a few more students with certain accommodations that are necessary. So you could take that lesson, add the accommodations that you need, differentiate instruction, and then you have something completely new that isn't quite from the AI, but isn't quite from yourself. It's from you working in collaboration with teachers all over the world. That what you said there, I think is really the highlight of what I think this platform is going to be. Well, I mean, it's already amazing, but the fact Thank that you. you mentioned that creation component, being able to remix, I mean, how often has have we relied, you know, sometimes on our next door neighbor who's teaching these, hey, can I share, a can I borrow that lesson? Or exactly. they may want to borrow a lesson. They see what you're doing. And then it's like, well, I want to borrow it, but now, I mean, I need to make sure it fits to my needs in my mm -hmm. classroom. And the fact that you're able to remix this and it's in, you know, just a library here where they can go ahead and pick and choose that ease of use. And I think one of the highlights that I want to say, Thomas, that to me uh, really resonates is like you mentioned that the teacher has a choice as to you know, Eduate is going to give the suggestion, like we talked about, okay, either use a PowerPoint or use this kind of media. 
uh, okay, like I want to choose this. I want to choose this. And then you can, you know, switch that around too as well. And it's not that you're, you know, steering completely away from any curriculum. It's just the fact that now you have these resources on hand where many times I feel curriculums can feel very stagnant because it's the same thing year after year and really nothing fresh, nothing new, not a new update. Yeah. And here I can see this and I'm envisioning this actually like for district use where you do have, let's say, that robust outline for your curriculum. Well, mm -hmm. now the content specialists individually can go in here and create, you know, that lesson seed or create some of the lesson planning that can be tweaked later on. And of course, it'll be in the community and say, okay. Uh, day one, let's say, or actually, let's say day one, second semester, a teacher can go in here, we link it up, and mm -hmm. then they can go straight to either that lesson or say, hey, you know what, I like it, but let me kind of remix it and add yeah. my own twist to it. Exactly. Wonderful. <laughs> and then let's say you could um, say the curriculum um, advisor gives you a specific lesson, you know, day one, semester two, and you maybe extract keywords from that lesson what it's all about and then you take those keywords input that as the um as the new topic and then create something entirely new that hits on all of the same topics or you can take a standard put it right in and it'll give you something directly aligned to that standard that you need to meet and give you plenty of options um, another component that i found pretty interesting maybe a little unrelated to this so far but uh, one of my co-teachers was scaling a text on a particularly sensitive topic i teach social studies so of course you know genocide and mass killing unfortunately will be something that we have mm -hmm. to discuss and she wanted to scale the text down to a first grade reading level and what the ai returned said well this topic may not be appropriate for students at a first grade reading level we may suggest approaching it in such and such ways and then it gave context and suggestions on how to broach a sensitive topic to students who may not be at that level and i found that to be quite surprising in that it has such tact when handling sensitive topics or topics where the public consensus isn't quite out because i know there's quite a lot of debate and discussion about how to maybe broach more sensitive topics in the classroom as the curriculum calls for it absolutely and that that's something that is great and powerful and uh you know i, I don't know like right now i'm just kind of like in awe because in my mind i'm already thinking like oh i can share this with our content specialist tomorrow and then i'm going to share it with my executive director and then i'm going to share it with my teachers and say hey check this out because that's really how great uh this tool is and well, thank you the, please the do <laughs> yeah no 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 we'll do we'll do for sure but like i said i you know, I, I love where you're going with this. And like you mentioned, you know, obviously the community aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I'm, I wanted to ask because, you know, the community aspect and the talking about sharing resources out, was this something that was kind of very important, maybe, well, to, obviously to both you and your co-founder, but maybe because this is what you're working on, your, the, uh, your thesis is on, you know, exactly. open resources. Mm -hmm. So originally when um, Thomas and Tyler, our other co-founder, he um, handles more of the technical matters, mm -hmm. right? Computer whiz, um, all of our shortcomings he makes up for. Um, <laughs> they originally had the, it was just the content generator and everything was in the content generator. And when I saw that this AI is returning great resources, I said, well, okay, who owns this resource, right? I have questions about copyright and ownership and then... I started doing some more digging and research into generative AI and questions around like Dali, right? Who owns the artworks that came out? And I was like, well, maybe the best way to handle a lot of this is through open licensing where the materials are freely accessible. And yeah, exactly. That was one of my first suggestions coming in, maybe a community page where you can freely and openly share resources. This is what I've been studying. I think there's a great um, value in doing this. And I think it unlocks a lot of value because it goes beyond... It, it pairs two things beautifully. You have this great artificial intelligence, but you also then have this collective intelligence of teachers, of the specific experts working together and modifying, differentiating, personalizing, remixing what is generated. And when I, when I, when we saw these two things come together, we're like, this is just a, a beautiful marriage of two different fields that I, I think will unlock tremendous value for teachers going forward. Yeah. No. And you know, right now i just like had the biggest smile on my face because a lot of what you're sharing actually i feel 
if more educators and more district leaders would hear what you just said, I think that would might put them at ease as far as right now with maybe on the the you know as far as the use of AI. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know there there is the upside that we see this here, but I know that we do you know have must proceed with caution as far as data and so mm-hmm. on. But yes. At least for the for the component as far as the teaching aspect, one thing that you said that I absolutely loved is that yes, although AI is the tool that is being used to create these lessons, but that's coming from a teacher that mm-hmm. is the expert in that field that exactly. is putting this out and sharing it with another teacher and then remixing all of that. And I think you know, this is just a great way, not only as a teacher to learn, but be able to share and then be able to, again, you know, see things differently. Because again, me working here in Texas, I, I don't get to see the way that you may be teaching social studies, but then I'd be like, man, if I would have known, I would love to use this here too, as well. And so the teacher still remains the expert. The AI has not taken over. The artificial intelligence here is merely providing an outline, suggestions, uh, tools, and things, but that are completely malleable that the, exactly. that content expert can really either take to that next level or just make some minor tweaks and sprinkle in, you know, sprinkle it onto what they're already doing great. And I think that's big. And I thank you for sharing that. And because I can really see that being one of the greatest things here from Eduate that we will be seeing once you get that community also. So I'm definitely yeah. going to be excited about that. It's currently in development. Um, right now, the main thing we're fixing, so we have an update coming out soon that is really going to... Um, so for example, there's one thing that allows you to generate lists, but um, mm-hmm. this new update will allow us to better format lists, insert tables, things like that. Just better, again, more granular control for teachers to format and change things as they see fit. So it's really kind of tweaking that text editor and all of that, and then going into um, updating our, well, adding the community page and the social sharing that we're quite excited about. And uh, I lost my train of thought on the next uh, point I was going to make, but yeah, those are the two things that we're currently (laughs) working on. No, no worries, Thomas. That's great. Like I said, I, I've just been very thrilled with with what you're doing. And thank you so much for sharing on those updates that will be coming. And I guess as myself, I, I couldn't, you know, I need must do my due diligence as well. Just I get as a podcaster, of course, with the questions, mm-hmm. but also, you know, as as a district leader who, you know, speaks and shares resources or tools to consider. I know right now, currently, you do have the platform available in beta and, you know, it's it's free. Is mm-hmm. there going to be at some point, you know, obviously, uh, like a price point, either for personal or for district levels? Mm-hmm. Um, currently, we have, um, let me make something clear. There will always be a portion of this that is totally and freely accessible. Um, much in the vein of say, uh, like Dali, where you have a certain number of credits that you can use for generations, totally free, totally accessible. And, um, we're currently having discussions about the community page and everything that is shared openly being totally free, again, totally accessible to teachers in perpetuity. Like we don't plan on charging for that. Um, Currently, uh, we haven't really had many discussions about adding a price point. We're quite satisfied with making this freely available to teachers. Again, maybe that's just a um, coming from me as someone who is really passionate about open educational resources and having open access to high quality resources. I mean, I get so frustrated every time I come across a paywall and it's like, I'm just trying to do research. Can I access this article? Why do I need to pay $79 for a 24 hour rental on a, you know, a research paper? And um, that's frustrating. And, you know, the crux of my of my research so far has been on the textbook market kind of being insulated from most normal market forces and that the student, the actual consumer of the textbook has no choice over the textbooks they use, over the cost of that textbook, how much that textbook will be used in a class. So they may be paying exorbitant fees um, for something. And we want to cut the cost of education and limit the friction points. So while I'm certain there will eventually be paid subscriptions to this, um, there will always be large swaths of this platform totally and freely available for anyone to use. 
Excellent. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate all those considerations because you're absolutely right. Even currently right now through my studies where I have to do research and pull articles and, you know, and, and seeing it from that higher ed standpoint, mm -hmm. I do get frustrated that we we're writing, you know, to kind of, you know, quote unquote, share strategy, share, share mm -hmm. pedagogy with teachers to better their practice. But yet, oh, you know, here's the paywall and you have to pay. And I was like, oh, higher ed, come on, let's do better. Yeah. I mean, we're supposed to be helping each other out. So I definitely agree with your point there as well. But also just uh, even uh, with uh, the ability to still gain access to some of the tools here. And then, of course, that community library would be definitely huge. Yes, and, yes. you know, the cost the cost also for textbooks. I know, at least in my district, if we have our what we have our book adoption, but then aside from that, we also have uh, other resources that we add to that, you know, that we purchase or, you know, things that we find, you know, and we implement into our curriculum. And oftentimes, you know, I'm not going to lie that most of the time, the other resources, not the book, are definitely more engaging mm -hmm. for the students than, you know, just following the book chapter one yeah. through, you know, 50 and so on, because you do get, uh, you know, it's, it's, you get that expert, that content expert creating mm -hmm. this and it creates that learning experience that students uh, love and that teachers absolutely love too as well. So that's very exciting about this as well. Well, I mean, I'm very thankful, Thomas. Thank you so much for coming coming on the show today and sharing. And I, like I said, I'm definitely going to be sharing this with our district leaders as well. And I love also just, uh, you know, your, your, I don't even want to, I, I, I lost my train of thought there, but just, <laughs> I guess the way that you took all those things into consideration when creating this and all the tools that are available here to me, like I said, this is, this is a powerhouse. I mean, looking at this, I'm just going to share this one more time because again, I, I want to share with our teachers. I mean, you have IEP outlines, you have substitute planners, accommodations list, evidence, evidence-based intervention, uh, interventions list. You have, you know, in your content generators here also reading comprehension, team-based activities, mock study, essay outline, uh, model. You and know. then, you know, they're very specialized to each subject. So for example, in math, we have, you know, real world examples of specific math yeah. concepts, assignments with mistakes, project-based learning, team-based activities, um, extension questions, discussion questions. And then um, even further, say in the um, enrichment subject area, we have tools and options for teachers who go beyond the um, core, um, the core classes, mm -hmm. core subjects. And um, yeah, we're just really wanting to give teachers a number of tools that they can use in the classroom and have school improvement project is something I really enjoy as um, someone who is passionate about student council, student government when I was in school taught at um, summer uh, leadership workshops for the Pennsylvania Association of Student Councils, um, being able to implement service learning in schools and addressing areas of need and allowing students to take ownership for their building. Uh, I, I think that's a powerful tool. And um, again, the AI may be able to give you these great broad ideas, but then the teacher can really specialize it by knowing those areas of need that the students can help with, you know, beautification projects. You know, my student government was planning flowers outside of our schools and doing landscaping and all kinds of, you know, toy drives and things like this and giving teachers the tools to come up with ideas to build those projects. Again, is something I always wish I had as a first year teacher who is limited on time and resources. Man, this is great, Thomas. Thank you so much for you. what you. It was uh, it's you, Thomas, and then of course we've got Thomas also, right? Yes. And then it was Tim, right? Tyler, so Tyler, Tyler sorry. Thomas, and Thomas. Yeah, Tyler, um, Thomas, and Thomas. There we go. I thank you so much. I really appreciate you know just the work that you have done. Again, that that outlook that you have for teachers, all those considerations. And what, like I mentioned too, my biggest thing is it's like everything is there like in three clicks or less. And so mm -hmm. it, that's the wonderful part about it too. But 
thank you. I mean, I'm excited for what is coming as you've already given us a preview of what will come. And again, I'm just really excited to see you all in classrooms around the world, around the U.S., because like I said, this is something that is definitely a great benefit to our teachers. And one of the things that I like, too, is that the AI does not seem, you know, actually the platform is not intimidating. The AI doesn't seem intimidating, like maybe through other platforms or certain things that are out there and said, and it really truly does feel just like that co-teacher, co-pilot that is there to assist you and to help you and is readily available, you know, in a, in a click of a button to be able to, you know, enhance that lesson. So thank you so much, uh, Thomas. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, Thomas, before we wrap up our show, it is always tradition that we end on the following three questions, you know, just to kind of lighten the mood here mm -hmm. towards the end. Uh, but maybe this first question might not lighten the mood a little too much, but we'll see. I always love to hear uh, people's reactions about this. And uh, so if you're familiar with Superman, we know that kryptonite was his biggest weakness. So my question to you is in the current state of education, which includes AI, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Ooh, this is the, the classic interview question, your greatest weakness. Um, I would say I'm going to have more of an AI focused answer, I guess. Mm -hmm is moving beyond our preconceived notions of what we believe AI is, you know, from pop culture, fiction, whatever it might be, and making definitive steps to understanding what this unique technology actually is and all of its affordances, limitations, and boundaries. I think um, you're right that there's a lot of conversations going on about how to best use AI and how to develop policy around it. I just think we need more of that. We need a lot more of that because we need to have these deep, far-reaching, far-ranging discussions to truly develop good policy around this. Um, sure, we'll have multiple chances, but we should really, really try to get it right the first time. We don't want to screw this up because, I mean, there are there's some existential fears and risks around this. I mean, this is a new transformative technology and transformation can be messy. It can be scary. It can be nerve-wracking. And I think slowing down, having good conversations, making sensible policy, and taking into consideration kind of many of our assumptions and biases going into this would be tremendously helpful. And I know that I have quite a few that I'm trying to overcome about you know my understanding of what artificial intelligence is That's and nice. what its role in education could be. Nice. Great answer, Thomas. Thank you so Thank much. You. That's definitely going to be a soundbite for sure. All right. Question number two, Thomas, is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Um, save a teacher, eduade.ai. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want to do an ad. Um, probably the Delphic Maxim, know thyself. Um, I say that because one, it's it's a great reminder um, for all of us, but technologies amplify inputs, and we are typically the ones who produce the provide the inputs and then act on what the technology amplifies. So it's crucial, therefore, that we truly know ourselves, our biases, our assumptions, our heuristics by which we make judgments and decisions to know our passions, our limits, our highest virtues, and our most troubling vices. I think if we know ourselves, then we can know what it is that the technology amplifies and then make sensible decisions about how to design it and how to act on what is amplified, which is really, again, ourselves. Excellent. Great answer. Thank you, Thomas. All right. Question number three. I kind of I changed this one up over the weekend. Usually okay. I'll ask like if this was your podcast and I was your guest, what question would you like to ask me? But I want to ask this one again. This is says, if you can make one of your hobbies into a profession, which one would it be? One of my hobbies into a profession. <laughs> um, so I love... This is a two-parter. There's two things, two fantasies that I live in. One is that in my free time, I mean, this is how I got this scar here. I uh, like to box, um, so that would be pretty cool. But um, I play a lot of ambient music in the classroom, and one of um, the great ambient um, 
musicians is Brian Eno, who uh, made an album called Music for Airports. And in it, he said, okay, what is the ideal music in an airport? And I often think, what's the ideal music for a classroom setting? It would have to be something that's not too intrusive, something that is not, um, that could be easily interruptible as the teacher has to make announcements, something that stimulates flow and focus engagement. So maybe um, ambient music producer, um, specifically music for learning, which Brian Eno has an album called Music for Learning, which is a great album. I've played it in the classroom quite a few times, but maybe that would be the the other one, the other fantasy, right? That'd be a great career. Ambient that would, that, music producer. That'd be a lot of fun. Definitely. That's great. And then, and then maybe an amateur boxer, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, you know, Thomas, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for just your great insight, just how genuine, authentic you are. Again, thank you so much for finding those issues in education, those those problems that us as educators may have in the classroom and you putting it all together here in one place where we can find solutions and also even amplify your creativities as far as, you know, lessons, because some people may say, oh, well, now you're not thinking and you're just putting in inputs. But no, like you don't realize that, you know, sometimes we just need to get these ideas down and being able to take what is given and still be very creative with it and you still have to deliver. So, I mean, I, I'm just really excited about this. I really am. So thank you so much. And before one last thing for all our audience members that are checking us out today and are catching this on the replay, what is a best way that they can uh, maybe connect with EduAid? So, uh, on our website, we have a contact page where you can, you know, put more in depth message, but uh, eduaid ai at gmail but also you could follow us on twitter our social media accounts um we're quite active on there it might be the other thomas that you're talking to but there are um there's always someone eager and uh ready to respond we take feedback from teachers quite seriously our uh our beta access i mean when we say give us feedback we really mean it and you'll see it reflected i mean the iep accommodations that came from my co-teacher she is a special educator who's like, hey, there's a lot of great stuff on here and I can differentiate instruction, but are there any more tools, you know, specifically divine, designed for special educators? And that's what we implemented. We got a lot of great feedback from music teachers, from um, uh, physical education, a lot of different areas. So we're happy to implement any changes, suggestions, reach out, talk to us. I mean, these conversations, as I said, are just so crucial. And thanks again for having us on and sitting down and just having a good discussion about AI and education. Absolutely, Thomas. Thank you so much. And like I tell all of my guests, once you're a guest, you're a part of my PLF, which is my personal learning family. And as a guest and a member of the personal learning family, everybody has an open invite to come back. So hopefully once maybe you have some, the newer updates come out mm -hmm. and things of that sort, you're more than welcome to just reach out and we'll have you on the show and then we can go ahead and share all the Eduate awesome sauce that has, uh, you know, already come up and come out. So thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you. I appreciate you. And thank you so much for all of you that make my EdTech life part of your day. Again, as always, our mission is to have these amazing conversations, amazing guests, and just to really inspire all our educators in our space. So thank you so much for all of that. Please make sure that you follow us on all socials at myedtech.life. Actually, that's our website, but you can follow us on all socials at myedtechlife. So please make sure you give us a like, share, follow, subscribe to our channels. That way, all the algorithms can go ahead and pop us into your queues, and you can check out this amazing episode and the other 198 amazing episodes by visiting our website at myedtech.life, where you can go ahead and also contribute to our mission. So if you are a fan and you would love to contribute to our mission of connecting educators and creators one show at a time, stop by our merch store. We've got some great merch. We've got some caps, sweaters, shirts. We've got all sorts of stuff so that you can go ahead and pack up for your conference season because we know we've got summer conference. We've got winter also coming up right around the corner. I know it's just summer, but hey, we do have some great sweater swag. So make sure you stop by our store as well. But as always, my friends, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And don't forget, as always, stay techie.